You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. Carolina by 20 over Virginia in the ACC quarterfinals. We are sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Postgame podcast on a late Thursday night here on the East Coast. I bring in Dewey Burke, who's a little bit earlier in the, uh, I guess it's the West, almost West. Midwest, maybe. Midwest, maybe, maybe. Carolina, yeah. Dewey, we, we just watched the Carolina-Virginia game, and I was writing my game story for this podcast, and I said it's always a slog to play Virginia. Um, and But for the game in Smith Center earlier this year, it always has been, and it was again tonight. The bottom line is, though, Carolina's defense, especially in the first half, lights out against the Hoos. Carolina led by 20 at half, won by 20 in the end. Your overall take? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough style to watch at times and uh, can kind of lull you, lull you to sleep a little bit with how slow the possessions are. And I think what you can see in the challenge that Virginia has is if they don't have a couple NBA players that can just execute you to death, regardless of how hard you try defensively, that they're going to struggle to score. And so that, that was not a, an overly enjoyable game to watch. I thought we were very attentive early defensively and didn't allow them to get into any kind of rhythm. Obviously, Brady got going offensively and carried us in the first half. And we didn't need a whole heck of a lot from from really anybody else. Mondo didn't have his best night. And candidly, we probably could have won by 40. I'm almost glad we didn't uh, shoot it that well or play particularly well uh, in the sense of we maybe could have saved some of it for tomorrow and and hopefully the day after that. So, yeah, it's just a, a tough style and ugly and... We started slow offensively, but got a little rhythm with Brady going, and and it just wasn't much of a game. Yeah, I looked at the stats early, and, and other than Manic, both teams were playing the exact same same shooting stats. I think it was one shot off a piece, um, but Brady Manic, man, uh, I mean that guy. Um, I said it. I tweeted it during the Duke game. I you tweet it every night. He just a basketball player, Dewey. I mean, he just knows how to play the game, and it's certainly fun to watch him. Yeah, and he showed us a little extra tonight. I mean, you know, a couple crafty finishes around the rim, uh, going off the bounce left and hitting a little step-back jumper. Uh, he can really shoot it and and is willing to shoot it often, which is a thing we've talked about a lot here on this platform, being a willing shooter. And he's he's got a really nice rhythm going right now. I mean, he is – He's number two on the scouting report for us, which uh, he slowly worked his way up to being in that position. So teams have to really, really game plan for him uh, because he's doing it both inside and out. He's getting offensive rebounds. He's finishing around the rim. And then obviously he's a flat out knockdown shooter. So I really, really like the set that they've been running consistently where they run Mondo um, with a high pick and roll and he rolls to the basket. And if the lane opens up, Brady just clears out to the short corner. But if it gets clogged up, 
they run that piston action where Brady pops to the top of the key and is open for a catch and shoot three. And if Mondo's in position to screen for him, he also does that. They highlighted it on the coverage. We've been running that a lot. We ran a lot against Duke for a couple of big baskets. And it's a really nice action. It's a, a pick your poison if you're if you're defending it, if we execute it correctly. And it's a, it's been a nice set for us. Yeah, and it's fascinating to watch and see how the guards have really learned how to work it uh, and get it to the right place at the right time. Let's talk a little bit about defense. And Carolina held to Virginia, I think, to 18% shooting, 13 points in the first half. I mean, I thought one of the best things Hubert did going into this game is he put Leaky Black on Kihei Clark. And because with Clark, I mean, he's been there forever, but Virginia rides him. And he doesn't have to score it a ton, but if he's playing well, Virginia's usually really good. And Leakey, this is what frustrates me watching college basketball. Everybody talks about Mark Williams. He's clearly a great defensive player. But if you stack the stats up with who they've guarded and who that person means on the opposing team, Leakey Black deserved to be way up the food chain on the defensive player of the year, and he did it, did it again tonight. He did, and it, and it – you make a great point about the strategic decision to put someone with leaky size and length on Kihei Clark, who's obviously uh, a smaller guy. Um, and it's because Kihei doesn't just score for them. He only averages 10 points a game, but it's his ability to distribute, get the ball to guys in spots where they can be successful. And leaky's length would bother not just every shot, but every passing lane that Clark was looking at and the length of his arms just to occupy Clark's eyes in trying to initiate offense was a key because you saw a number of times where Clark, Clark would penetrate and then he would go down under the basket and come right, right back around to the middle of the paint looking to find somebody uh, to, to pass the ball to in a scoring position. And Leakey just was had his hands out occupying those passing lanes throughout, especially the first half. So agree with you. I think that was a good strategic decision. Look, Virginia also didn't play well. They're not an overly talented Virginia team. I'm not sure that's a tournament team. I don't know what people are saying or what Lenardi is saying, but boy, they didn't help themselves tonight by any means. Uh, so they're they're not an overly talented team that plays an ugly style that also had a bad night, and, and that's how you score 43 points. Yeah, and 13 in, in the first half, I believe. It was Virginia's lowest out point in the shot clock era, which is – pretty incredible and and i like how you expanded on my point clark could do nothing i mean it looked like he hadn't played basketball in weeks and it translated to everybody else i love gardner for virginia love the guy's mid-range game um he had 17 but beekman one for eight for three points franklin one for seven i think that was the only basket franklin made in the acc tournament kafaro that started their big man nothing Clark, three for nine for just seven points. He did end up with four assists. But, I mean, Leakey disrupts everything that they tried to do by by shutting down Kihei Clark. And I think, you know, we can talk about Baycock getting shafted on ACC Player of the Year. I think Leakey should have gotten a lot more consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. But it is what it is. Let's look across the board. Uh, Love and Davis not the best shooting nights. How did you feel that they played overall? Uh, um, I freely admit, when they airballed their first shot, one was it RJ airballed early, Caleb missed a couple. My thought was, uh-oh, 
Um, we've seen this record before. How'd you feel the two guards played overall? Yeah, I mean, well, look, what time what you're saying is we still have some PTSD from when our <laughs> our backcourt has struggled. And we're, we're kind of wedded now to seeing if they make a couple shots early and thinking that's going to set the tone for how they play the rest of the game. Uh, and we're not wrong to have that feeling. You look down at the box and, and you see that those guys combined shot two for 10 from three. You know, I thought RJ still controlled – and helped us get the shots we wanted to get. We just didn't shoot it great. Uh, obviously, other than Brady, Mondo had an off night. He just didn't have his touch around the rim. Uh, I thought they missed a couple times. He got fouled when he should have been on the free throw line. Uh, so for a big guy to shoot five for 12, you're not overly thrilled with that. Still got another double-double. But, you know, I thought they played fine. I, defensively, they were attentive. And we had good rotations and cohesiveness on that end of the floor. And, and you heard... Uh, Hubert at halftime be pretty effusive with his praise of how we defended. Um, I go back to what I said at the top. I, I'm okay with the fact that they didn't have a great night because I look for them to play much, much better tomorrow and hopefully shoot the ball well too, because we're going to need to play better than we played tonight in order to beat, uh, beat Virginia Tech. Yeah. And, and against Virginia, you're going to have suppressed scoring um, unless you're Brady Manning. I mean, they scored 63 points. But look at Davis's stat line, eight points, eight rebounds, six assists, two turnovers. You take that every night from RJ. Um, you'd like him to score more, but against Virginia, it just doesn't happen. There's not that many possessions. You talk about Virginia Tech, and Carolina has grinded out two wins against Virginia Tech thus far this season. Everybody talks about beating a team three times, whatever. I think Carolina, and I've referenced this a lot, I think Carolina's season really turned – at that game against Virginia Tech where Baycott, I've said it last week, I'll say it again, slung Aluma down and, and showed some fight that we hadn't seen. And, of course, Carolina, I believe they're now 12-2 and two since then. What do the Hills do against Virginia Tech? Um, is it the same status quo, attack them down low? I mean, where does Carolina have to be better than they were tonight up against the Hokies, who, who've played decently well and got rid of a Notre Dame team um, that was a problem for Carolina earlier in the year. Yeah, look, I, I think we just got to shoot the ball better. We took care of the ball by and large in this game tonight. We out-rebounded Virginia. We just got to shoot the ball better. And our guards need to uh, to contribute offensively a little bit more than they did. RJ had a great stat line. Caleb was, you know, more or less non-existent in this game. And so I look for him to bounce back. You know, you look at the, the roster for Virginia Tech outside of Aluma, we're better than them. We're a more talented team. And, and so if we play the way we're capable, we should be just fine. Uh, I think it's going to be, it's not, I don't expect us to blow them out by any means. I think they're a scrappy club and they have kids that play hard. You're going to probably see leaky on Couture right again. And, and he's their best shooter and try to lock him up and not let him get going from the outside. But, you know, you got a Luma that's got to deal with Brady and with uh, Mondo for 40 minutes and our guards need to play a little bit better, make some shots. And I, I do think we'll be fine if we play the way we're capable and bring the same defensive attentiveness for all 40 minutes that we brought, certainly to start the game tonight. Last question for you before we get out of here. Carolina, 63-43 over Virginia in the quarterfinals ACC tournament. Late night on the East Coast. Uh, what's it like, the turnaround in ACC tournament? You've been on teams that had to do it. I mean – they're going to be warming up, getting ready to play in about 20 hours, maybe. Um, yeah. What's that like as a player? 
Yeah, it's quick. I mean, it, you're used to during the season, you get into a rhythm of playing a game and obviously having off days. So you're going to watch tape of the game you just played. Coach would pull clips. You're going to review things. In this deal, it's just on to the next. I mean, the Virginia game is over and it's almost never spoken about again. Um, you got to roll forward. They will watch for, well, if Coach Williams was coaching, I imagine it's very similar. Tonight at, at post-game meal, post-game snack, they will watch Virginia Tech clips tonight. And so the turnaround will be that quick. It'll go through a scouting report. Whoever the assistant was that had Virginia Tech in the two games this season will also have this scout. It'll already be prepared and done. You know, so they're doing media right now. They're going to shower. They're going to get on the bus back to the hotel, go right into uh, the team room where they'll have food set up, and it'll be time to talk Virginia Tech. So the turnaround is very quick. Um, obviously, uh, guys are getting stretched, icing, doing the things they need to do, hopefully hydrating, and then, you know, you're right back at it. What time is that game tomorrow? Is it late again? Same time, yep. Yeah, so that's good in terms of recovery. So they got a long day tomorrow. I mean – they will uh, they'll have a shoot around. Um, I don't know if it'll be at Barclays or somewhere else, but so they'll get up, they'll have breakfast, watch the clips again, go through the scouting report again, go to shoot around, um, do a little bit of walkthrough stuff. The, the blue team will, will have some Virginia Tech plays ready to walk through under out of bounds sets that they run, key plays to get Aluma involved. And uh, you go back to the hotel and then it's a long day. I mean, the only the only days that are longer are those NCAA tournament days when you tip it, you know, 9.57 or 10.03, uh, which used to drive Coach Williams crazy. So it'll be a long day, but they'll, by, the, by the time they get on the bus to go to the arena, they will have watched the Virginia Tech clips three or four times, gone through the scouting report three or four times. And so it, it's all forward now, nothing about Virginia. Good deal. Dewey Burke. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Johnny T-Shirt sponsors us. Rate us, review us, subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow on the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. Carolina moving on to Virginia Tech semifinals of the ACC tournament opposite Duke and Miami at 7 p.m. Should make for an interesting weekend. Dewey, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Tommy. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.